Welcome to the podcast. This is the Dance PT podcast, hosted by moi, Jenna Cantor, performer, hachikapow, and physical therapist. In our interviews, we will dive into all the things that can regularly help you. That's right. As a dance physical therapist with your patients. That's right. Please note that the purpose of this podcast is entertainment and is not here to replace any medical advice. That being said, we are all here to support each other, which leaves me at the most important message I want to leave you with. You are enough and never change yourself for anyone. That's right. You heard me. Be you, and that will enable you to help others the best way possible. Let's end with more scatting. That's right. Jenna out. Live! Hello, everyone. I am here with Dr. Kitty Boney. She is in the Bahamas. That's right. Hello. Yes, thank you so much for coming on today to talk about Limbadiva. It is my pleasure. <laughs> What's really cool is she knows so much. We're going, so for dancers, we're going to be talking about lymphedema and chronic swelling, which I think is such a good topic that we easily overlook because we're thinking lymphedema and that this chronic swelling would not have anything to do with dancers and their injuries. But there actually is a lot of similarities of things we need to pay attention to. Now, that being uh, that being said, would you mind breaking down what are the big picture differences between lymphedema and chronic swelling actually there's not much of a difference because um the last um national lymphedema network conference that we had they actually deemed chronic swelling um anything lasting longer than three weeks is now considered lymphedema so when we talk about an injury or we talk at an inflammatory stage we're looking at the first four to six weeks four to six days after an injury by the seventh day, we should be in full repair mode, so there should be minimum swelling. But we know a lot of times after we've injured a joint or a muscle, there can be prolonged swelling. If it's beyond seven days and then it goes into the 21, we consider that lymphedema because now we're saying that there is a compromise with the lymphatic system. It's not removing the fluid as fast or at the balance of the capillary, um, the capillary flow. So that's what we call lymphedema, any abnormal accumulation of fluid now in the body system. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have, a, I have a question and it's and it's because I watched this TV show that's so slightly sidetracked, but it was about very overweight people trying to lose weight and to, to be able to staple their stomachs. My question, mm -hmm. and what this one gentleman who was, he was over 600 pounds and he thought that in his calf, it was lymphedema. And it turns out it was fat. How can someone in that, and not saying that this is the case for all dancers, but just it was such an interesting thing that got me to question, how can you tell the difference between if it's a fat thing or a lymphedema thing? Well, good diagnostics, right? So the, the, you can use a lymphcentography where they inject a contrast into your system and it goes through your lymphatic system. So you can see where there is reflux where there is overflow, where there's actually the flow of lymphedema. Um, but 
we, we need to talk about lymphedema and there's also, I call it the cousin lipedema, which is also swelling, but it has a more fatty component. So, you know, you look at these women, they have really tiny waist, really tiny wrists, really tiny ankles, and then they have these ample thighs, ample butts, but it's, it's just like they're not proportionate. They just have this accumulation of flat, fat in different places. Well, that's lipedema, and that can be accompanied with lymphedema. So you can't just look at one person and say, oh, that's that and that, that, that's that. You have to really investigate it. And um, I'm glad that you mentioned obesity because we've, we're finding that now being one of the major contributors to chronic swelling and lymphedema because that excess weight is occluding blood flow. The excess weight is damaging the lymphatic system. And so by default, they can't move the fluid that they need to move. And then if you think about it, most people that are obese, grossly overweight, um, and I say grossly loosely because the terminology, I think it's like 20, 36 BMI and higher is grossly obese. But for those people are like, you know, you know, the ones that they can get out of the chair. One of the things that moves lymph around your body is your muscle activity. So if you're not moving, you're not moving your muscles, the lymph won't move. And so it's like a cycle, right? It's a cycle. And so you have the excess weight, you have the occluded blood flow, then you have the lack of movement. It's a perfect storm for developing lymphedema. Yeah, that's so interesting to hear all that correlation, it's, it, especially with dancers, because I... I now seeing there's more movement and I, I support this for overweight dancers being mm -hmm. that like they, they are great too. Like, come on, like dancers come in all sizes. My, mm -hmm. my brother-in-law's a big person for that movement. Eric Cavanaugh, check him out guys on Instagram. He's incredible, incredibly talented. So, so he comes to mind. I thought he's moving all the time. So I, I'm, I'm curious. I don't know if there's studies on that yet. I'm curious as to what the likelihood of lymphedema is for somebody who is on overweight that is a dancer and moving a lot. I would assume less likely, but I'm well, injured. So, so let's let's talk about lymphedema, right? So you have primary lymphedema and you have secondary lymphedema. Primary lymphedema means that there is something that's functionally wrong or there's a default in the body system. So you have precoxer where the babies are born swollen, and then you have tartar where it manifests later. So usually when the babies are born and you see the swelling, there's a dysfunction, it was a malformation, they don't have lymphatics, um, the nodes, they don't have the pumps, there's something missing in, in, their, in their makeup. So that's the, the early stages of the early form of primary lymphedema. You can also have lymphedema tartar, and that usually happens after 35. You see it in women, and they've realized that there's a strong correlation after hormonal changes. So after we've had a baby, um, maybe there's an injury or an illness where we had to introduce steroids or hormones, the system goes out of whack, there's some malformation there. Um, so that's primary lymphedema. Now we have secondary lymphedema, which means that this, this swelling, this, this accumulation of fluid happens secondary to something. So it can be like an injury, right? And this is why we really want to talk about it right now for our dancers, because we know that dancers take tumbles as falls, especially those ankles, right? Ankles and knees. So you can have an injury, you can have surgery, right? Yeah. Car accidents. Um, I, I got into lymphedema because I was serving the oncology population. There were a lot of women that were coming in um, after breast cancer surgery, 
lymph nodes were being removed and all of a sudden they started swelling up, arms swollen, breast swollen, trunk swollen. And I was like, we got to get rid of this fluid. Um, so it's secondary to something. Okay. Um, so when we talk about lymphedema, it's primary and then it's secondary. So I guess in our case with dancers, and it was really good because I was doing some research for this. I came across this dancer. She's a British girl. Um, last year, she did this full campaign. She's trying to raise funds because she had primary lymphedema. I think it was in her right leg. Her name is Rachel. I hope I don't mess up her name. Bogianos. And she was trying to raise money. I think it was like 18, they call it 18,000 quid, 18,000 pounds to have this um, lymphatic venous surgery. So what they do is they remove, they align the defaulty lymphatic system into the venous system so they can drain the fluid out of the area. Hers was quite successful when I was reading up on the update. I don't know if she's back dancing, but I'm sure she's back dancing again. Yeah. Um, so, so these are the things that we need to talk about. And so when we talk about our dancers, when you have those injuries, if it's not a primary lymphedema like Rachel had, if you've had an injury and you have this swelling, address it. That's the most important thing, address it. So you, you and I are both um, SFMA trained, right? Selective Movement Functional Assessment trained. What's the number one risk of an injury? A previous injury, right? Yes. So if you've had a sprained ankle, nine chances out of 10, you're going to have another sprained ankle. And why is that? Because maybe you didn't rehab properly, but if there's presence of swelling, what we're looking for is we're going to see number one, that that joint's not going to function like a proper joint because there's fluid in there. So it's puffy, proprioception. People don't know where the joint is exactly in space. The other thing is that we know that if you have fluid in your joint or around your muscles, it inhibits the, inhibits, inhibits the muscle. So you don't have proper contraction. You don't have a strong contraction. But the other thing is, and if we don't think about it, there's a mental component to that in that you don't trust the joint because you know it's not 100%. So if you're doing these, and I mean, dancing is very demanding. I don't think people understand just how demanding dancing is. You're very agile. You have to be very accurate in your movements. If you don't trust your body, you're not going to give the best performance. And we really don't want anybody to shorten their lifespan of dancing because they've neglected some swelling or, or allowed this thing to become chronic. Yeah, absolutely. I love that you jumped right into the dancer injury. I mean, dancers, all, all dancers get injured. If they haven't, they will eventually because of the wear and tear of doing the same thing over and over again. And especially when you're getting into technique, a lot of us don't have, it takes a while to get that proper technique. And there's going to be overcompensations in areas where you have limitations in other areas in your body. So there's going to be that wear and tear. It's just, it's just pretty much inevitable, which is okay. You just need to find your way to work your way out of them. And I love how you're, you're just bringing up addressing the swelling. Now, obviously, with movement and everything, we, we, we have all those exercises. But let's talk lymphedema, that swelling specific type of treatment that we need to do. Uh, would you mind differentiating that between the lymphatic, and some of us already know this, but I still want to address it, between addressing lymphedema versus massage? Okay. So let's talk about the traditional stuff, what everybody knows. If yeah. you get an injury, you pull out rice right away. Rest, ice, compression, elevation. And now we've added R. So it's rice or range of motion because we know that early range of motion helps these things to heal faster, right? Yeah. So our healing phase is usually between day four and day six. 
right? That's our, that's our, sorry, inflammatory stage. We expect to see swelling then. At the end of the sixth day, we're going into full repair. So we want to um, see less swelling or minimum or no swelling at all. So let's go back and visit rice. Rice is rest. R is, is rest, right? Ice. Now, I'm, I'm not even going to touch this subject, but you know, some people are like, no, you need to have, don't put the ice because ice needs, the, you need the inflammatory process for things to heal. I'm not touching that. I still use ice, maybe not as vigilant as some people, but I still believe ice has its place. Then you have compression. And so right here at compression, I'm going to stick a pin because compression is extremely important. The reason why we compress is because we're trying to contain the swelling. If you don't compress, you can have a very large joint, okay? And so this is why you always see people bring out their ACE bandages and wrap it up and keep it tight. The prime example is if you're running and you're spraining your ankle, your ankle, your foot's still in the shoe and you're okay, you can limp. But the minute you take that shoe off, then boof, the joint goes, right? So it's important that you wrap the joint and you want to make sure that you're containing it. We as lymphedema therapists, certified lymphedema therapists, do not use ACE bandaging because we consider that a long stretch bandage. I can pull that ACE wrap as, where am I? I can pull that ACE I've done that bandage. before. <laughs> yeah, I want, But we don't want that. We want a short stretch so it's going to contain. So we use what we call short stretch bandages that look very much like ACE bandages, but it doesn't allow you a lot of give. And like I said, the reason is that you want to compress that, right? So you need to get some short, short stretch bandages for your toolkit, sweetheart. Okay? So that's the compression aspect of it. Mm -hmm. um, elevation, of course, you want it a little higher than the heart to get the fluid out. So as lymphedema therapists, what we do is we facilitate that movement. So we go up to the unaffected lymph nodes that are closest to the injury. So if we're talking about a sprained ankle, we're probably going to go to the lymphatics around the knee joint, the popliteals. Or we'll go straight up into the groin and the inguinals, and we're going to open that up. Now, if, if we're working the whole body, then we do the deep breathing, we do the short neck. There's a sequence that we do. But for anybody that, like you're saying, the massage part of it, the manual therapy, what we call manual lymphatic drainage, we're going to drain that lymphatic. We're going to help that fluid that's been stuck there, that's just been blown up because of this trauma that's taken place. And we're going to try and help it go back into circulation. And we're going to keep the joint wrapped. So you can do your manual lymphatic drainage, but then wrap the joint right after that because you want to contain that. And then we're going to put the R at the end of rice because we want the range of motion. Because remember now, your pump, your muscle, where am I? I the <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. You want the pumping mechanism to help that fluid come back up. So this is how we this is how we deal with it. So now I see a lot of people running now and everybody has on compression socks. And I'm like, what kind of compression you're wearing? And they can't tell me, oh, it's compression. Well, what's the grade of compression? I don't know, it's compression. So for us, if it's a sprain injury, we would probably use what we call maybe eight to 15 millimeters of mercury. Um, and that's what we recommend people who have normal, I shouldn't say normal swelling, but you know, you see what we call the pedal edema, those with chronic venous insufficiencies, mild early cases. We usually recommend if you have light swelling in the feet, eight to 15 millimeters of mercury. But if it's more, we want you to at least 15 to 20 or maybe 15 to 30 millimeters of mercury. And that's the force of compression that's going to be in that area. So if you don't have the ACE bandaging, getting a injured athlete if it's the ankle and i'm going to stay with the ankle just because oh it's so common yeah, yeah exactly you want to put them in that compression garment and and that's going to aid um 
number one, it's going to prevent the swelling. Two, it's going to give it some comfort. And three, it's going to give you some extra support. Because remember, we still want movement, but we want it to give the, the, the joint some support. So right. I hope I answered your question. Oh my God. Yeah. And then some, are you kidding? That was fire. I was just like, okay. as you were talking, I was like, okay, this is amazing. I've learned stuff. I'm going to definitely write this down and apply. Um, especially cause I do, I have a patient who literally just sprained her ankle. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, and she's on today, day four. So I'm going to literally call her and be like, this is what you get right now. And she'll be on it. It'll be great. Um, and she's also, um, uh, in another state cause everybody like left, the are New York, you know, to live with their parents, right? Especially in theater. So, you know, so I'm just like, right. I gotta be like, hey, hey, <laughs> get this, get this short, what was it called? Short stack? Short stretch. Short stretch, not pancakes. Got it. <laughs> short stretch. And can, for a short stretch, can we purchase that on Amazon and, and a yep. CBS? Amazon has it, and then the big lymphedema companies like so. My initial my initial certification is the Academy of Lymphatic Studies, but you also have fantastic schools like Norton School. You have the Close School, fantastic, fantastic products, fantastic, fantastic courses. You can go online and get some of these courses. And I just want to say the manual lymphatic drainage is not what we call a regular massage because, like you know, physios we have the issue when somebody says they want a massage because we don't massage. I just exactly. say no because honestly, my patients. <laughs> Um, and I'm just like, okay. I mean, honestly, I I spend more time with exercise. I'm trying, to be, I'm trying to be more professional, right? I'm like, well, I do manual therapy. So the thing is with manual lymphatic drainage is it's a very light massage. Because when you think about the lymphatic system, it's what we call um, right underneath the, the epidermis, right? right? Very, very superficial. And so you don't want deep pressure. If I press deeply, I'm going to occlude the vessels. And if they're already freaking out, I don't need to put additional pressure on it. So it's very light. So I remember when we first started training, they put 10 cent pieces on the table and they said, your touch has to be so light that you're going to move that 10 cent piece, that dime across the table. So, you know, the dime is very light. And so you have to touch the skin or touch the dime light enough to move the fluid. And that's literally how light you touch the patient. And people are like, well, I don't see how that's doing anything, but that's just how fine and how delicate it is. Now, the great thing about that is that it, that touch also has a very strong analgesic property. So it's very soothing. If there's it's going to help bruise, move all that bruise fluid. Now, as we're talking about bruising, you know, I'm also a instructor for kinesio taping. So I believe a lot in kinesio taping for lymphatic drainage as well. So that's an adjunct that I automatically use. And yes, I do tape and then I bandage and compress because what the taping does is that when you apply the elastic tape, you're going to have wherever the tape lies, that's high tension because they're going to have elastic recoil of the tape, right? And so we, we cut it like my fingers. This would be like strips of tape. Mm -hmm. So wherever the tape is, is an area of high tension. The space in between that is low tension. Jet physics laws, wa the water always flows in the path of least resistance. So if I have a joint that's traumatized and there's fluid that's accumulated and it's confused and it doesn't know where to go and I'm too painful to move, what I can do is I can stimulate that skin and by default stimulate the flow underneath that and channel that fluid out. And it's fantastic. Like when you look at photos of lymphatic channeling, 
wherever the tape was, you can definitely see, or where the, where the tape, where the tape laid, you can see this pattern of movement where one area still is very dark and the other area is clear because you've been able to mobilize that sub, that subdermal or the sub epidermal um, bruising. So I love it. I love I, I, I get excited when I see swelling because I just need it gone. And I really want to promote and I really want to encourage our athletes. When you have swelling, that's the sign of something wrong. Do not allow it to linger. Like I said, now we've changed the classification because we know if it sits there too long, it's going to set up a sequelae event. And the likelihood of you having a long sustaining dance career is going to be not. So why go through all of those years? of training and discipline to just have one injury sideline you when we can jump on it right away, treat it very quickly. That's why you need to know good physios like Jenna, call Jenna right away. I think you go that side, call Jenna right away <laughs> and, and ask her those questions, right? Yeah. You have the resources. Do not allow these, these injuries to linger. Get yourself back on the ground as strong as possible, as quickly as possible, but with the right information. I love that. Thank you so much. I'm definitely 110%. I mean, I've mentioned this to you, bringing you to the Dance PT Summit. I'm not sure if I'm going to do it in a half a year or in a year from now, but it's definitely happening again because it was spectacular. And I loved it because uh, this is so good. I need this information to get out to more people and you're just uh, nothing short of spectacular. <laughs> Honestly, thank you so much for coming on here. Where can people find you if they want to connect? On social media, so, yeah. If you don't want to come all the way to the Bahamas, but you're always welcome. <laughs> um, my my clinic's name is Handling Your Health Wellness and Rehab. We actually have a group called Handling Your Health Wellness at home. Um, we sort of started it for COVID because there were so many questions coming in. So we're catering to our patients and clients at home. So it's Handling Your Health Wellness and Rehab. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. And also, you can look me up, Dr. Kalibane, Roll Adley, physiotherapist. And um, once you type me in, I, I'm the only Kalibane, physio, Bahamas. And pretty it's easy. True, it's true. And if not, just call Jenna. And Jenna, Jenna has all my numbers, everything. She'll get you. She'll get me like yes, that. I'm obsessed. Well, thank you so much for coming on, guys. When you're catching the replay, right replay below. This was just really. I'm I'm going to tell my students to go and catch this because I don't see them on here. And this is this is if they have any more questions or there any old injuries. I know we talked about about ankles, but we can also talk about shoulders and necks because there are different things that we can do to definitely enhance. I've, I've oh, been that's a, the uh, summit, the next summit. I'm telling you, yeah. that's the next summit. Yeah. Because I, so I, I, this is near and dear to me because I've been a team physio for the Bahamas. I've traveled um, with the CAC games. I've traveled with the Carifta games, IAAF. We have something, we had something here called Bahama Games. So I know what it is to get my babies back up and running when we have an event. So. We, we do wonders quickly to get you back into the game. But the most important thing is that you rehab properly afterwards. Yo. Yo. So feel free to reach out to me and I'll be happy. And Jenna and I will tag team. I'm sure we have lots more of these to do, Jenna, because the need is definitely there. It and really while is. Downtime with COVID, this is the time that you do your self-care and you repair properly. Yeah. Yep. I agree. I agree. It's a time for self-care. All right. Thank you, everyone, for popping on. Please send love to Kitty. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You will My be. pleasure.
Bye, everybody. <laughs> Thank mm-hmm. you.